Welcome to America's Commercial Real Estate Show, your source for market intel, forecasts, and strategies. Hello, I'm Michael Bull. Thank you for being with us. This segment is brought to you by my company, Bull Realty. For customized asset and occupancy solutions, visit bullrealty.com or reach out to me directly, michael at bullrealty.com. Well, today we're going to talk about restaurants. I mean, what a big impact on commercial real estate, on business on jobs and, and communities that we live in. You know, we've had shutdowns. We've got labor issues. Um, now we have reopenings. You know, the restaurant business, most restaurants have been hit pretty hard. What, should we, what do we see going on now? What do we expect moving forward? What are the trends that also may last uh, as we move into the next few years? Please welcome my guest. It's Darren Tristano. Uh, Darren is CEO and founder of Food Service Results, Darren. Good to see you. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Well, my first question, Darren, is you guys really track the the uh, food service world, the restaurants, and you guys do research and, and you consult restaurants operators and you know food service suppliers and distributors and everyone. So, kind of overall in the U.S., obviously, I mean, I shouldn't say obviously. Has the restaurant business really been suffering, and where is it today? You know where we are uh, right now. What a week toward the uh, we're at the end of May, almost the first of June here. Uh, how are things going at the moment? How are things turn, taking a turn? Well, let's start with the good news, which is that we're about to turn the corner here with the warmer weather for most of the country, and really moving into this vaccinated environment where we're starting to see the openings of restaurants, patrons coming back, getting more comfortable and spending money. So I think the restaurant industry is starting its recovery process and it's moving towards an environment where I think we're going to see more reopenings and restaurants starting to really turn this corner during the summertime and really ramp up and get ready for the fall and the holiday season this year. So unless it's part of that, Darren, it's part of that, I guess, positive news is uh, that consumers have a lot of money? Well, I don't think it's that they have a lot of money. I think they have gotten more money from stimulus, and that has helped them to spend. Uh, a lot of consumers have also been saving money, and if we think about all of the money that we would have normally spent eating out at restaurants, our savings is starting to increase, and this pent-up demand for consumers to go out and have restaurant quality food and experiences is starting to really take shape and starting to grow. Yeah, I mean, it seems like everybody's kind of excited to to get out of their houses, right, and go do some fun things now that people are getting vaccinated. Definitely. How many restaurants, Darren, that you know were shut down from the shutdowns are, are just not have haven't reopened and won't reopen? Well, that's an interesting question. So last year before we went into this pandemic, we had well over 600,000 restaurants in the United States. And that excludes a lot of these other places like hotels and casinos and entertainment complexes. Now, what we saw last year was 
a net decrease of about 10% or 60,000 restaurants. Now, 80,000 restaurants closed, but 20,000 restaurants open. And many people are probably looking at this saying, how could restaurants be opening during a pandemic? But the reality is these restaurants were slated to open. They had rented out or they had enhanced spaces to open. And many of these are chain restaurants that have done quite well, not just before, but during the pandemic. So as a net effect, we're seeing about 10% fewer restaurants open, which means there are 60,000 restaurants across the US um, that are closed today. Some may reopen, some may become different restaurants, but it's gonna take two or three years before we get back to this point where we had a supply similar to where we were at the beginning of last year. Okay. I'm wondering if you're seeing anything in your numbers and your um, research on new restaurants, kind of a, a jump start in new restaurants. I just ate at a restaurant for lunch today that um, the old one shut down during COVID. It's, it's a new ownership, new restaurant. Uh, and it was pretty good. <laughs> uh, and it seems like our phones are ringing as brokers uh, from restaurants, operators looking for spaces that were previous restaurants. So they save a little money on build out. Well, there's never been a shortage of optimism in terms of creative restaurant tours that want to open restaurants, reopen restaurants and believe that they can do better in this environment. I think what we're seeing is that independent operators have either closed or are struggling and are in a position today where they're willing to sell their restaurant. And there are groups of people who are willing to come in and that believe they can improve the efficiency, they can look at the menu, re-engineer it for higher profitability, and run it and streamline it in a way that's more profitable. So really, Today's environment is good for both the buyer and the seller, and hopefully some of these restaurants will change hands and continue to move forward. And Darren, what are you seeing for trends related to size of restaurants? Is there any change there from the, the footprint they're looking for? Well, in general, the space within restaurants has decreased from a dining room standpoint, but the need for kitchen space and carryout space has increased because of catering and this trend in off-premise dining. So many consumers have seen Uber Eats, Grubhub, DoorDash, going in and out of restaurants, the need for more space to accommodate those logistics, the need to have space for catering opportunities for both small and large groups has really shifted the dynamics of the space. But in general, restaurants are getting smaller because it's controllable, for the cost and smaller restaurants translate into lower costs. Speaking of cost, how are operational costs uh, trending these days? It seems like there's been a, a lot of issues with employment for one. Well, after relatively flat commodity costs, we're starting to see a spike back to the pre-COVID levels. So the cost of food has increased, but more importantly, the cost of labor has increased dramatically with the demand for $15 an hour and in many cases legislation for minimum wage. And what that's doing is it's pushing minimum wagers up to a higher threshold, but it's also pushing everyone else who is in between 
to a higher level because they deserve an increase as well. And a lot of that cost is being pushed through to the consumer with higher menu prices. The consumer typically reacts by slowing down their frequency over a three to six month period of time, gets used to the cost, and then continues to frequent those restaurants as much as they were. But labor is a main concern for a lot of operators today as a cost. What about some of these locations? It seems like in some areas of um, suburban markets, I see they're just extremely busy. It seems like all the businesses are busy, but then I go into more of a downtown market, and it seems like it still has some room to go before there's there's a lot of patrons, especially in these office buildings. Uh, in the actual restaurant business, what are you seeing for suburban versus the urban locations? Well, the urban locations have been hurt the hardest because of remote work and closed offices because of health concerns. There aren't as many people who are living or working in the urban markets. So from a work standpoint, people are working remotely, typically on the fringes of urban markets in the suburbs and putting a strain on the restaurants in those markets. So suburban stores are doing very well. The urban stores which had done really well with both breakfast, lunch, and catering, have struggled to see the types of diners coming in because so many not only are working from home outside of the city, but many residents in the city are moving away, not just because of what's happening with COVID, but because of all the protests and the looting and things that we've seen, it scared particularly older consumers out of the cities moving to safer environments and away from these urban marketplaces. Wow, so are you seeing that in the um, numbers for these restaurants as far as geographically from different states? Are some states just really doing much better than others? Well, I think some states uh, are starting to see migration patterns particularly away from states like California where the taxes are high and the government is in a, in a very deficit position from a spending standpoint. Um, states like Illinois where, again, the state is not being run as well as most people think it can. So these are people from Illinois who are saying, well, I think I'm going to move to Florida, move to Arizona, or even around the Midwest to states like Ohio and Wisconsin. And from California, there's quite a few people who are moving into the Arizona market because real estate and taxes are much lower, or even to states like Idaho, Washington, Oregon, where the weather is still relatively mild, but they can enjoy their lifestyle and not have to be as concerned with taxes um, and, and what they're paying in terms of real estate. Well, Darren, yeah, what's your outlook? You talked about in the opening that uh, we're getting vaccines. Things are opening back up. Uh, consumers have, uh, for the most part, saved a, a lot of money. Is the outlook for restaurants uh, positive at this point, how, or how positive is it if it's positive? Well, when you talk about the outlook, it's really the tale of two segments. When we look at the limited service segment, which has drive-throughs, delivery, carry-out focus, that segment has performed very, very well. Brands like McDonald's and Starbucks and Chick-fil-A have continued to do well in spite of the market conditions. So the outlook for limited service continues to be very strong as consumers have built a pattern of going to these restaurants 
as a regular familiar behavior. From a full service standpoint, we're starting to see a return to dining rooms opening not quite at full strength, but these restaurants are starting to bring back patrons. And so the full service side will continue to grow and start to pull away some of the limited service diners as the experience has become more safe, more comfortable for many of these consumers. And although they have been hit the hardest, they will likely benefit from the experience factor and the quality of food, and they will likely start to rebound, not to levels we saw pre-COVID, but certainly levels well above what we've seen over the past year and a half. Well, that, that's good to hear, and I think uh, people are ready to get out and, uh, and, and, and spend their money and get in these restaurants and, and have a good time. Well, Darren, thanks for joining us. Uh, as, as usual, great information. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. All right, and thank you for joining us around the country. How are restaurants doing in your market? Uh, let us know what you think. Uh, and thank you for sharing the show. And until next week, be sure that you always lead, learn, and laugh. And join us for America's Commercial Real Estate Show. If you appreciate the show, think about the opportunity to do business or refer business to our sponsors. Bull Realty. For customized asset and occupancy solutions, visit bullrealty.com. Commercial Agent Success Strategies. For incredible commercial agent training, visit commercialagentsuccess.com. Core.green. Use ION technology to create a safer environment for your real estate. Visit core.green. For more commercial real estate intel, forecasts, and strategies, visit CREshow.com.